Coming to you live, and by live I mean pre-recorded, from the back room at Uno Pizzeria in Hamilton, New Jersey. Welcome to How You Play the Game, the official podcast of the Yosef Foundation. Yours truly, Jack Furlong, with you as we talk to you about what's going on as far as the world of sportsmanship is concerned. This is going to be the first episode of the month of July, the year 2018. Uh, glad you can be with us as we, as we talk to you. We have a very special episode today. Uh, that's why we're here at Uno in the back room um, sharing some some food, and uh, some of us have already imbibed a little bit, and that's probably going to make this podcast funnier, or it's going to get us canceled. So either, either, one, either, either one. So that's fine. The producer engineer is uh, Mr. Sean Ryan. Sean, welcome. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Oh, just peachy. I'm not as hoarse as some people are yet. <laughs> well, I'm, all, I'm always, <laughs> always hoarse. This is the horse side of the table. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, at least I didn't. At least I didn't do shots of mouthwash in college. So yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so 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 today's episode really special because what we're doing is we have brought together some guys from uh, the local baseball scene to recount uh, an incident that occurred and and to celebrate. Um, the, the, the sportsmanship that, that occurred as a result of this. It wasn't necessarily, you know, the incident in itself that we'll get into might not be good sportsmanship, but what indirectly occurred as a result of it was so beautiful that we said, we got to get the guys on, we got we to gotta highlight this, and we got to show our listeners and our audience that the, the, this good is still out there. And we want people to... To, to know that it's there, we're pulling for it, we're trying to highlight it, and, and hopefully maybe everyone walks away a little, a little teary-eyed as a result. Now, that's probably a stretch, but you know, we, we do what we can. So uh, let, me, let me introduce the guests today. Um, across from me, one of my umpire colleagues, and I gotta ask you this, Bobby. Uh, what is the exact pronunciation of your last name? The exact pronunciation of my last name is Ricciardi. Ricciardi. Okay, yes. it's not Riccardi, nope. it's Ricciardi. Okay. CC goes to a CH. Okay, real, see, this. The real Paisan way. I, I have lost so much sleep thinking about this. <laughs> and then, of course, when I'm thinking, like, I got to ask him this before the show starts, instead, I made the executive decision to have two beers instead. So, it's a great decision. Okay, as long as you back me on this. We're, I, I, I concur. You concur too. Yeah. All right. All right. Three out of four. Hey, that's I'm batting 750 now. That gets me into the Hall of Fame. Okay. So great. Yeah. Fantastic. And to my right, the youngest man here with no gray hair, mainly because it's all red, and we, he's constantly reminding us of how old we are as a result. <laughs> Mister, let me make sure I get this right. Where did it go? Where did it go? Where did it go? Paul Cook. Yeah, that's right. Okay, <laughs> that that silent e at the end of your name. Yeah, I've yeah, lost so much sleep a as a result of this. You see what I did there? I brought it back. I'll stop now. Okay. So, oh. Overblowing the channel strip. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. You just do you. Our our, our producer engineer Sean has to keep going back and, and adjusting I'll, the levels. I'll edit or, it in post. Or it's as fine. we call it in layman's terms, his job. Hey, listen. So, you make it pretty difficult. <laughs> I think you just made it difficult. I know, you, I just so. did. I know. All right, as long as you know. Don't worry, I could fix it. All right, good. All right. So, uh, let's jump right into it. 
with, with, with Paul and Bobby here. To, to, to give you an overview of what happened, so Bobby's an umpire. Paul is graduating. Or did you graduate already? I uh, graduated Friday. Friday, okay. Congrats. Which will be, Thank you. Which will <laughs> be about you. two weeks after uh, this episode airs. Or two, so you have graduated already according to when this episode goes. <laughs> Calendars. Calendars. They're just diagrams of dates. And it's I, it's difficult. Know, it's very difficult for me. Okay, I have a master's in music. Don't, don't judge me. So you, you have just graduated from Princeton High School. Yes. Okay. So, in a nutshell, what we're going to get into here is Bobby was working a game where Paul was playing in it. Paul got ejected from the game, and after the game, there, were, there was an apology issued, and the, the whole thing became so noteworthy because of it that we wanted to, to bring the guys here, talk about it, break some bread, and, and really just have us all kind of leave with, with a good taste in our mouths as a result of it. So let's, let's start by kind of setting the background a little bit, learning a little bit about our guests. Paul, I'll start with you because you're the youngest one here. So I got, I've got here in my notes that I copied and pasted from what you sent me because that's how technology works. So you, you're a four-year varsity letterman at, at, at Princeton. I am. You're yeah. going to Swarthmore next year to continue to play. Yes. Okay. Uh, you, you, these, all right, here are these stats. This was all from four years of Princeton, right? 415 career batting average, 115 career hits, and over 60 RBIs. Is that correct? It is. Okay. Yeah. Someone hmm. sign him up now. Okay. Wow. This, 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 geez, oh, man. That's, oh, man, that's, okay. I don't even have words for that. I, sh I should ask you, what's your on-base percentage? Do you know? No, I do not know. Okay, <laughs> so epic fail on Paul's part. All right. <laughs> so uh, first base and right field, also pitch. I do. Okay, so uh, you're a lefty, right? I am. There yeah. you go. So oh, have left arm. Southpaw. Exactly. So look for Paul in the majors in a couple of years with a, with a suitcase behind him, just jumping from team to team, just yeah. saying, I'll go wherever you want me to. Pitch to one batter a game. One batter a game, exactly. You're, he's a loogie. Like Ron Valone. Exactly, <laughs> except without the steroids. Right. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. so. So, okay, so that's Paul. Bobby, on the other hand. Now, Bobby, you have been umpiring since you were 13. Yes. You're in your, you're just wrapping your third year. My, this is my third full year. With, with, with DVUA? With DVUA, okay. yes. So you had a, had a, uh, a major majority of uh, varsity games. This was my year. first year where okay. I had a pretty much right. heavy majority varsity schedule. You also have a, ba a baseball background, played in high school mm -hmm. and whatnot. Um, you know, you've, 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 you've kind of been driven, as we all have, to stay a part of the game uh, by umpiring. You know, when, it, yes. when, when time runs out in our per proverbial playing days, you know, this is the best opportunity to continue to be on the field and whatnot. So you've, you know, you've, you've really kind of come full circle as we all have in, in, mm -hmm. in, the, in the world of umpiring. So, and you know the pains, as we all know. of Without a doubt. Yeah, okay. So now that we've said all that and, and we know who our guests are and, and, and what they're about. So let's talk about the day in question. It was it, it was Princeton and Notre Dame. Yeah, Notre okay, Dame. Notre Dame. Okay, um, talk to me about uh, the, the 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 setup of the game. Where were we in the game? Um, you know, you I, you told me it was a double header that it day was, as yeah, well. Okay. It was the back end of a double header. I was only working the back end. Okay. I did not work the front end of and the you double had header. Played on this. Game. I had the plate on the back end. Okay. Yes. Um, talk to me about 
um, where we were in the game as this as this had had had, had approached, you know, approximate innings score, any details like that that you can remember. Yeah, so we're up uh, we're up two to one, top seven, or actually no, bottom bottom six. Bottom six. Yeah, you were the home six. team, the second game for the doubleheader. Yeah. Double um, and we're up two to one, uh, man in scoring position. Okay. And then I'm up there, two outs. Were you were you having a decent game so far, Paul? I was at that point. I was three for three, and I had a uh, my last at bat. I'd hit a a triple and then scored. So that was the first run of the game for either team. So okay. that made it one nothing. What kind of game were you having, Paul, with with your strike zone? I thought I was having a very good game okay. behind the plate. I thought it was just. I mean, you know, Jack, you have good days, you have bad days. Oh, absolutely. I things were moving very slow for me, and when when you're behind the plate, that's about as good as it can get. When things are moving slow. You, you're just. I felt my timing was good. I just felt, thought I was seeing the ball real well that day. It's basically the equivalent of when you're a hitter, pretty much, and, the, yeah. and, and you're seeing the ball. You know, the ball looks like it's coming in like a beach ball. Exactly. You it know? just doesn't matter if the kid's throwing ninety. You can see it coming in, and you're just like, I got this. Exactly. You, you, you got just, it. You just relax. Track the ball from the hand all the way into the glove. So, um, as 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 I'm going through all of this, the the the. The incident that occurred was a strikeout looking. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. So, so strikeout looking of of Paul, and you, you you do the 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 automatic in our eyes of drawing the line in the sand, which, as we've noted in in our pre-production notes, got you a lot of hilarious jokes about lines from your teammates and whatnot. Yes, especially one in particular, Owen Seals. What did, he, what did he? No, nah, he was just—he was a pro at it. He—he uh, he had quite a few up his sleeve. You got any you, you want to share? <laughs> um, well, he said that we we're gonna have a special captain's practice at Valley where we were gonna all practice drawing straighter lines. He thought that might help in the future. <laughs> um, you know, among other things. But <laughs> oh man, this is this is the equivalent to uh, when uh, someone will call in to uh, Mike Francesa and constantly make uh, falling asleep references. <laughs> yeah. You know, that game was a real snooze fest, wasn't it? You know. <laughs> so, and for those of you who don't know, who are listening as umpires, one of the 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 automatics uh, for ejection is when you get shown up, and this is kind of this is this is a way that umpires get shown up. Is, you can you can little inside umpiring. You can talk to umpires a lot without the physical nature. Bobby, would you agree with this? Without a doubt. So so as long as you're not doing anything demonstrative physically, no one knows what's being said. Basically, so so you have a little bit more of a leash. Exa- that exactly. Way, you know? My biggest my biggest thing as an umpire is if me and you are having a conversation and only me and you know what is being said, I will let you say your piece. Right. Obviously, within reason. Right. But once once you start, if you start, you know, waving, flailing your arms, doing the, you know, the pointing in the face. Yeah, the pointing in the know. Once you start doing that, you're going to end up punching your own ticket sooner rather than right. later. Right. So it's, and same thing with, like, when you make it personal. You know, yes. like, when you, you can say that that call was bleeping horrible, yeah. but you can't say you're bleeping horrible. Yeah. Because now yeah. you've made it personal and that's automatic. You know, now, in fairness, also, when you're in high school baseball, if you're going to use any word that would go where bleep would go, that's probably also going yeah, to. Yeah, at, at the very least, yeah. 
you're, you, you've gotten my attention exactly. now. At the bare minimum, you've right. gotten my exactly. attention. Yeah, we if, try to avoid that. Exactly. Yeah. We, if we really wanted that, you know, there are so many other situations that we can, you know, we can, yeah. get, we can get stuck in traffic, for example, and yeah. have people just yelling at us for causing traffic jams, yeah. you know? One of my favorite uh, bits on that is from uh, the, the pre-disgraced Louis C.K. when he was talking about uh, being stuck in traffic, and he said, uh, he, he said, I'm sitting there in traffic, and the guy behind me just like gets out of his car and just starts yelling at me, just go, just go already. And I and I literally like had to get back, like turn around and look at him and go, uh, I, I I can't go because the cars in front of me are solid. <laughs> so you know, that's that's and not that's, how that works. We were talking about earlier, Jack. That's what it feels like umpiring. Right, it's just a state of matter. Right. Sometimes you just want to you just want to say. You know, when they, when you hear a yell from the <coughs> dugout, how the hell is he? Well, he's out because <coughs> the ball beat him. Right, because because the ball he was not he, on the yeah, white it's just, square. It seems so simple sometimes. <laughs> right, and listen, like we're all, I like we've all we've all played before, and we joke about it. We understand sometimes there's a need for coaches to vent, and I have no issues with that. But it's it's how they do it. Right, like I said, if you want to come, say your piece, move on. And then we can all be cordial at once you're done saying your piece. That's totally fine. Right. It's it's just there are certain actions or certain things that you say that are just immediately you're going to regret saying it. Especially if you don't know the difference between a solid, a liquid, yeah. and a gas, or a <laughs> plasma for that matter. Yeah, you know? the fourth I mean, the state fourth, of matter. Exactly. Yeah. That's, I mean, this is important. Stuff. You're yeah. going to need this when you go to college. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You have any idea what you're going to major in, by the way? Uh, yeah, I'm going to do political science and pre-law, so, oh, ho- so hopefully you're gonna not too much to the states of matter. You're going you're to be one of those guys who's already smarter and better than everything at us. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's all we need to know is that. Uh, all right. <laughs> So anyway, back on topic. So, so in this case, you, 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 Paul does the, the, the automatic of drawing the line in the sand, demonstrating where he thinks the pitch was that struck him out. It, it, it earned the ejection. Uh, I, think, I, I think the first thing I want to ask, I'm going to ask you, Paul, is what, talk, can you talk about the frustration that kind of led to that, like, like I'm not asking you to justify it, but but talk about kind of the the experience that you were feeling or anything like that 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 possibly caught could have caused you to decide to do that. Yeah, so I mean, it was obviously a close game, and uh, at that point the the game had gotten pretty emotional. I think on on both sides we had been going at each other since the beginning of the day, and it kind of reached a tipping point when we had that two run rally, and then they kind of came back and got a run without a hit because our guy threw a no-hitter. But uh, anyway, in the bottom of that... throw that in. That I do. Yeah. Yeah. Teddy Durbin <laughs> threw a no-hitter. Not a big deal. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, so guy on second base there, two outs. And um, what happened earlier in the at-bat, he had, he had walked right before me, and then he, he stole second on a curveball, which I had taken for a strike to try to you know get him into scoring right. position because yeah. he, he had the base pretty much standing up. Um, so, you know, I thought it would be really good for... For our guy going out there with with a two run lead, a little bit of leeway, um, especially since he was kind of up against that pitch limit. Um, so I knew you know he might be a little bit fatigued. So just giving him that extra insurance policy there, uh, I I thought would be a really good thing. And uh, you know, you know going down looking is probably probably the worst thing you can do in that situation. Right. You know you always want to try. You know if you're going to go down, you take the bat off your shoulder. Exactly. You know? So yeah. um, pretty frustrated there. 
uh, just because of that. And, and, you know, I'd been feeling really good at the plate and, and right. seen the ball really well. And I saw that, that pitch well. And, you know, so at that point I was just really frustrated that I couldn't get my, my teammate in. What do you think about the idea of what, what, what a lot of young athletes go through, in, not only just in that situation, but also in that point in life? I mean, you're, you're about to go to college. So you're in that that zone right now of, you know, the the latter half of adolescence as you as you approach young adulthood and whatnot. And I think, you know, I'm sure that Bobby would agree that we see a lot of this in young athletes. There's a, there's an exuberance. There's a, there's a uh, like like a, like a healthy aggression. Um, I don't know if I would call it arrogance. I would just I would just call it like 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 a like a like enthusiasm, a, like a dedicated enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. Do you think that, or, or what would your thought on that be from the standpoint of how that kind of appears in you know like like a varsity sport, regardless of what it is? Is that a healthy thing? Do you think does it need to be controlled? I mean, what what what? How could you comment on that per se, as someone who has lived it? Yeah. You know? So I mean. Kind of from my own personal experience, going into the season this year, we made it a point to uh, try to approach the game with that healthy aggression that you're talking about. And, and for the most part, it really worked well for us. Everyone was really engaged, whether it be guys playing or even our bench players contributed a lot to right. to every win, just being a, an emotional, vocal presence from the bench. Um, and I think that you know that kind of aggression helps you bond as a team, but then also it, it makes you more focused during the game. Now, of course, there is kind of a there's a threshold where it becomes, you know, less healthy. And I think that you kind of just have to feel that out for yourself. Um, and that I think is what you're kind of talking about. What the young athlete goes through is that feeling out process of, all right, how far can I go? Like what's going to be healthy for me? What's going to, you know, keep me in the game um, versus, you know, what's, what's going to kind of lead to my downfall there. And right. I think that throughout the year, like we as a team and, and me as a player ha kind of had that um, growing process. But then by the end of the year, we had really figured it out and, that aggression really helped us kind of right, through our postseason right. run. And, and I, th I think what, I think the, the, the excellent point there is that the, the healthy aggression, there's, there's nothing wrong with it per se when it's used properly. Mm -hmm. You know, you can, you can be aggressive, you can be, you know, like really into a game and still play the game the right way, be good sports about it, not show up the other team, umpires, anything like that. And, and I think that you, you really hit on something there that – you know, when we talk a lot about sportsmanship, I think one of the misconceptions is that, like, we're trying to contain that. We're trying to downplay that. And that's really not the case. You know, we want players to leave it all out on the field. We want everyone to play their hardest and whatnot. It's a matter of the, the ins and outs of how you do that that, mm -hmm. that that defines how, you know, what kind of a sportsman you really are. And speaking of leaving it on the field, and, Paul, I think you would agree with this, that, as an athlete, you're kind of always on stage, whether you're playing or not. Mm -hmm. um, you know, no matter what, and we've talked about this, Jack. Right. No matter where you are, and if you're that good of a player, and you're, you know, it's sort of in, you're sort of an integral part of the community in in a, in a way, and you kind of have especially to, especially with high school sports and right. the coverage it gets. Absolutely, absolutely. So wherever you are, you're you're. I keep saying you're always going to be on stage in in a way. It, you know what it's like. It's the it's and this is kind of the like an obtuse way of looking at it. But 
you know, if, you know, Paul, if you're you're the star athlete in in the spring for the whole mm. school, and then you happen to get, you know, and I'm not saying that this has ever happened to you, <laughs> but let's say you you know you get busted for underage drinking or something like that, you know, you you're 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 on stage as a result of that, you know, because you have this this kind of higher standard that's that's being fairly or unfairly put upon you as a result of that. I mean, is that something that you might feel a little bit as an athlete, especially in, in, the, in the, 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 the case of how good Princeton was this year? Yeah, I mean, I think as the season went along, we gained a lot of, uh, you know, we gained a pretty big following uh, from our school. So, yeah, we were, we were constantly on stage. And, and that day in particular, um, I feel like on the field, we were really on stage just in the way that the, the two games had been going. It was during spring break, so the Notre Dame had a pretty sizable fan base out there and, and we had a we had you know a bunch of people out there as well and so um kind of the way that the game went you are put on a stage and then obviously if you're having a successful season like we did this year the stage just kind of grows and I think it's it's kind of it's it's a good thing if you can learn to kind of um cope with that stage and, and not act irresponsibly um I think it helps a lot of guys um when they grow into that role but yeah, in the beginning, it's definitely an adjustment process. Yeah, you know, and Jack, we've talked about this where it's, you know, playing a playing a game of baseball or any sport really is not unlike playing a concert in exactly. a way. Exactly. You know, exactly. A per, it's a performance. Yeah. And, you know, people are watching, and obvi- you know, obviously cheering. It's not exactly like a concert because no one's preventing you from playing. Well, the other thing too <laughs> is I can't get people to show up for concerts. I don't know how I'm going to get people to show up for my baseball games, but you know, but I'm, the- I'm jealous of you. That's what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is that you know, people are watching for the entertainment, but you also sort of have to be on your best behavior, um, and it's it's a fine line tempering that aggression into you know focused play and getting out of hand you know it's it's i i could imagine at times it can be pretty difficult to temper that well it's also you know the similarities are from the standpoint of you know watching how people uh, react after they mess up for example mm-hmm. you know is, whether you strike out or not is kind of the equivalent of if you play like if you're throwing note. equipment or something exactly yeah. you know so so it's a matter of how are you going to react to that, that mistake that you might have made? Or is this person going to buckle under the pressure? You know? It's not about the mistake, it's about the recovery. Exactly, you know, it's like, I, I, yeah. mean, I can't tell you how many times, you know, I walk out on stage doing a gig and I'm nervous as heck and, you know, I, I gotta work to, to not buckle under that pressure. It's kind of the same thing as like, okay, your team's down a run in the bottom of the ninth and you're, you know, and there's two outs and you're coming to the plate, you know, and you're, mm-hmm. and you're like, how am I gonna, you know, how am I gonna react to this? And, you know, the human response is such that, you know, you, 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 you go into fight or flight a little bit, mm-hmm. you know. So it's, it's a really interesting thing that I think we as human beings take for granted sometimes. And, and we really need to um, kind of reevaluate a little bit. And that kind of leads me into the question for Bobby here in that. So in this situation at hand, talk to me. I mean, I obviously know kind of the answer, but mm-hmm. tell everybody else. What what do you go through internally or or emotionally when when a player does something that that is auto- automatically you're you're running them you're you're ejected. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, I've, I had I forget who asked me. Someone asked me recently that, that you know maybe not so recently maybe after the game 
So when did you decide to eject him? And for me, I almost thought that was maybe a mischaracterization because I didn't I didn't decide in the sense that like I took a split like I decided as much as I see a pitch, it's on the black, I call it a strike. It's just it's one of those automatic trigger it's just second nature. Right. To me, I was just making a call much like uh pitch is high, it's a ball. Just right. a second nature kind of thing. So it did for me it doesn't it doesn't really I don't really realize it. And especially Paul had said it was an intense game. You guys in Notre Dame were kind of, you know, chomping, you know, getting at each other a little bit. Mm-hmm. I guess 14 Definitely. innings, you guys were starting to wear on each other a little bit. So it was such an intense game, and it was so late in the game, I almost kind of had to just shake it off because I, you know, I still got the seventh inning of a one-run game that I have to call, right. and you know, nobody, nobody's going to be. Nobody's gonna be sympathetic to me because I'm, you know, I'm. De- I just, I tossed a player. I let my head go. I missed a couple pitches in the seventh inning. Nobody's gonna want to hear that. Right, right. Have you ever been in a situation where something like that has occurred, though? Like I can, I can recall a number of times in my career as an umpire where, you know, I, I gotta, I either gotta run someone or I gotta do something like that. I gotta lay the law down, and then I gotta immediately switch back into officiating mode, and for a good two batters or something like that. You know, I'm kind of on edge a little bit. Like, I really didn't want to have to do that, and I had to. And now I've got to, like, recalm myself down. That's got to be De- really difficult to it's do. Definitely. It, you know? it almost, you know, it almost, I would say it almost didn't apply as much in this case because what Paul did, it wasn't, he didn't say a word. It wasn't anything, it wasn't malicious. It right. wasn't something where there was a back and forth that now, I mean, even though when you have a back and forth with a coach, and you end up ejecting them, even though they're obviously you, you're muzzling yourself. You should be muzzling yourself much more than the coaches. You still got a little fire burning in you, you right. know, thinking you know because you're dealing with a person who's yelling at you most most times inches from your face, and plus you think you're thinking of all those things in your head that you really want to say but you can't. Right. But I would I would say not so much in this case. I felt the need, but I've definitely had it where I've had an ejection. You know, I've been a little. Actually, I remember one a couple of years ago. I remember this. It was a freezing October night, and I had an ejection. It was, guy was yelling at me in my face, and I, I kept my cool. I was pretty calm, but the the visible indicator for me was it was like 35 degrees that night. And I go back behind the plate the next inning, and I realize like I'm sweating bullets. Like it's hot. It's <laughs> yeah. It, it's just that, and you gotta just deep breath, calm yourself down. Next pitch is the most important. Doesn't matter what happened. Before, you just got to slow it down and get your pitches right. It's kind of like the one time that, and I don't endorse this at all, except in this one situation where in that water bottle, you need a nice lager just waiting for you. (laughs) You need to go touch that real quick. You just, you you almost need, so what I, what uh, a guy guy I know, he said something like, he was my partner for that game. He, He said, he's like, you know, when that happens, you know, like Jack, when you see a new pitcher, when you're an umpire. Right. What's the first thing you do when he comes out to warm up? What do you do if it's a new pitcher, first pitcher of the game? Well, the first the first thing I do is I change my pants because I've already soiled myself. Yeah, but and then after <laughs> and then after that you go and you watch a couple pitches. Right. And he and my partner said something like that. He goes, "Hey, listen, in the future, just go watch a couple pitches. Get yourself get yourself back in that sort of temperament. See the ball again and forget it." And for me, I I thought that was a great idea. Yeah, no, because because we don't think of that automatically. I think just as human beings necessarily, we're kind of like usually like stuck in that moment a little bit, assessing what just happened as as human beings, as creatures. Exactly. You know, you know, and you're and you're almost like 
like for me, for the, on that example, I wasn't. I also I didn't have time to do that because, so, strike out the ejection. I now have Dave and Gold, the head coach and the assistant coach of Princeton. I now have them coming down asking what. I'm not. I'm not sure if Goldie saw it. I know for a fact Dave didn't see it. Right. I now have them coming down saying what happened. What's this? So my entire in between innings was taken up by just telling them what happened. Right. And then after that, once they're done, well now I got to go to my lineup card because I gotta. I gotta write stuff down. Yeah, I gotta, write, I gotta yeah. you know just get ready to file a report. Yeah, it's gonna be really yeah. bad. It's yeah, gonna yeah, be yeah. really bad if I forget who it is. And, right. Yeah. You know, then I look terrible. Or God forbid, I click the wrong or put the wrong number in on that NJSIA report. Right. Then. Some innocent kids sitting down for two games. Numbers are difficult. Yeah. You know, it's a base 10 system, one, two, three, seven, nine. Yeah. You know, so. So, I'm, so by the time I'm done talking to Goldie, talking to Dave, circling my lineup card, warm-up pitchers are done, ball was thrown down, top of the seventh, one run, got, one right run game. Like, it, right? yeah. Let's go. You're back in the fire here. Yeah. So yeah. I got a question. Okay. So after a while, if the game gets really long, right, do umpires have like a highway hypnosis you know, like when you're on the highway for a long time and you're driving and you're just kind of – things start getting a little blurry, like the lines. I know for a fact I've, I've experienced that. Yes. I wouldn't say that it's, like, it's an exact science, but to give you an example, um, probably about five-plus years ago I was doing this playoff game for uh, like, like, a, like an above 18, like an 18 to 23 league in PA. It was down in Ben Salem. And this game went 13 innings, four-plus hours, and I ran out of water at the seventh inning. So, and, and I had coaches and players yelling at me. And, and finally, like, I just got to a point where I just, I, like, like, I lost it because that's what was happening. Like, I'm, I'm, like, I'm, I'm missing close pitches. I'm just, it just wasn't clicking at all. And I was finally just like, guys, I'm out of water. It's the 10th inning. We've been here for God knows how long. <laughs> Everyone just stop. Now, thankfully, the visiting team caught on to this and didn't say a word to me for the rest of the game. In fact, their fans came over and started giving me water. But the home team... That's nice. Yeah, that was yeah, nice of them. Nice. The home team just wasn't having it. And, and this is the same place where about a year later, I had to terminate a game due to an ejection and had to call the cops just to be protected while I went back to my car to change. I've been there. It's not fun. No, it's not, no, right? It's not fun. It's not. I mean, and th this is there's a there's a level of ridiculousness that comes into this, which and, is and the sad thing. I mean, if you go around, you go around the dugout meeting, all the guys who have been doing it for a while who do not even high school. It's mostly on the youth travel level, not exclusively, but mostly. Right. Yeah. And you ask those guys who have done those levels, I'd say the vast majority will have will tell you at some point they have genuinely feared for their safety on yes. the ball field. And that's not right. They that's have. Sad. They all. They all have a <laughs> it story. Is sad. They all that's really have a story, sad. You know. Especially um, at that level, like at a youth level. Yeah. It, well, the youth level is always the youth level is worse than the high school level because the high school level there's consequences, there's a governing body. The youth level, right. they just go to a different tournament next weekend, right. and it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 a real conundrum, if yeah. you will. Hmm. Um, so 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 we we talked about how what umpires go through right after that. Paul, can you talk about? kind of what you experienced right after that and then as the, the remainder of the game went on and then after the game and things like that like what, what, what kind of was going through your mind as you as you realized what was happening and kind of coming down from that high yeah so as you said I was on definitely kind of a high there um, going into it because just the way it had been going there's almost like there was kind of like a like a little layer that uh, 
that like I didn't kind of I didn't really care at first because I was just like oh well you know I didn't really recognize it but then I realized I was supposed to pitch the next inning because our guy was running up against the pitch count right and I was like oh shoot like you know I hope that he can stay under 110 pitches because otherwise you know this is an even bigger mistake right um you know if, if we lose the game so I just sat on a I just sat in the dugout and uh and watched and just kind of hoped that he uh, could get through. And he did. He got through with like eight pitches in the inning. Um, That's really just an indictment on the other team for not realizing and swinging yeah, at so, pitches. <laughs> so, that, so that was a really good job there. Um, after the game, you know, we kind of shook hands. And then I think Goldie went back over um, to try to like negotiate the two-game suspension, which didn't. D- Dave, Dave did. So after the game, and this was the first time I had had Princeton High School. Mm-hmm. And. This isn't this isn't a knock on Dave. Actually, I like Dave. I'm, yeah. I, think, I think he's a Dave's good, a great coach. I think he's a great coach. I think he's a good guy. This is Dave Roberts for yes. those who are listening at I Princeton think, High. And I think he's he's done a great job with your program. Mm-hmm. He came over because when you're a newer umpire, not even newer umpire, because I'm I'm not new to umpiring. I, I'm new I'm new to umpiring. When you haven't been seen when you by exactly. by by coaches exactly yeah. when you when you are not a known commodity to the coaches, all of them to some extent. Some do it maliciously. But just about all of not Dave, but some do it maliciously. Just about all of them do it. They all try to work with you. Mm-hmm. Try to work you, not work with you. Work yeah. you a little bit. Yeah, take take that, that word out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can edit that, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Dave came over because uh, I'm trying to think. Because right after the ejection, Dave came down. We had a brief discussion, pretty much that. And then... I think you, because you, you never came back to me. You, you didn't say a word to me. No, I was in the, uh, I was in the post game huddle there. Yeah, and even, well, even right, even right after the strikeout, you didn't really, you didn't say anything because you were, because I was walking away from you. Because Jacqueline, the little umpire thing, when you bring bring someone up to end the inning, you walk the opposite way that right, they're going. Right, always. So you were lefty. You were going to the third base dugout. I was just going to walk up the first base line and. You know, and if you're wearing a Fitbit, you're getting your steps. Yeah, in. exactly. Yeah. Get my step. I don't know, yeah. Get my steps in. Look at my lineup card. Pretend right. to write something down, and just wait out the warm-up pitches. Think things like, "Did I go to Wendy's twice yesterday? <laughs> yeah, I really did, didn't I?" Yeah. So, go, so Dave, Dave came down. We had a conversation right after the ejection. You know, just because Dave didn't see it, I told him he did. Okay, all that. Goldie and I talked for probably a little bit longer, and then Goldie went back to the dugout, and then top of the seventh, your pitcher breezed through. Game was over. It was, and it, it really was a great game. Mm-hmm. It was probably probably the best game I had this year. It was well played, crisp, quick game, two one, good pitching, and so as so I was about to walk off the field with my partner Tony Benedetto, veteran umpire, jacked for being in his sixties. Yes, guys in okay. very good shape. Yeah, and Dave said something like, "Bobby, like I need to talk to you for some for a second. and. He he also like he wasn't mean about it because if he was mean about it I would have just left and right went, yeah went home. yeah so I'm like all right I'll sit here so he goes and I mean knowing Dave now I know he he, he kind of knew he was grasping his straws a little bit right. he goes he's like all right so he, he just restricted him right like he he'll be back tomorrow I'm like Dave no mm-hmm. he, he was not restricted he was disqualified and he goes he goes some, he said something like well what do you mean he was disqualified? Like, you, you restricted him, right? No, Dave, I didn't restrict him. I disqualified him. And I, I know deep down he doesn't believe that. Like, he right. saw me. I did the whole, you know. Yeah. And uh, so after he kind of, and he kind of made it a comment. He's like, oh, you know, like, you know, for my first time seeing you and you're, you're sitting my senior captain down for two games. And I think, like, Tony, Tony jumped in and said something like, listen, like, Dave, like, you, you can't, don't, you know, 
it is what it is. Like a decision was made, kid draws a line. It has it has to be an ejection. Right. And then I mean Dave backed out. I go, okay, all right. And he was like I said, he was never malicious, never disrespectful. But there was that obvious angle of, I don't know this umpire. Let's try. Let's see what I can get here. Right. And if I was yeah. a coach, why wouldn't I do what I can? Right. Mm-hmm. Makes you. It makes you wonder a little bit, like. What what goes through the mind of some people when they try and get whatever angle they can? Like like yeah. you understand why they're doing it? Like they're obviously doing it to protect their player. They're obviously yeah, trying I, to, I to gain that. I have no problem whatever with Dave whatever whatever, whatever advantage they can that's well within the limits of, mm-hmm. of the law, et cetera. You know, but at the same time, you're almost you know there's there's like that moral code that kind of kicks up when you're like you you know what happened? Oh, without you a know, doubt, without a doubt, so you know I know that's for me personally like. I remember a situation where when I was coaching a senior Babe Ruth team, I had a kid get tossed for for throwing a helmet against a, a fence. And, like, I'm looking at him and I'm thinking to myself, like, yeah, I would have tossed him too, you know, if I'm umpiring. And, you know, the, I think people, like, players and parents are kind of looking at me like, why didn't you go out and say something? Why don't you do this, do that? And I'm just like, the, 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 the moral fiber in my brain kicked up and said, no. The kid was in the wrong, you know. Why? What? Uh, you know. Why am I going to do anything other than tell him to get in the dugout and sit down? I just think it's an interesting question that hmm. we ask, or we have to ask in general, because it, it it goes beyond sports. You know, it kind of goes to like uh, like a speeding ticket. You know, yeah. we we we've all gotten a speeding ticket before, and we all think to ourselves, okay, I could try and fight this. And see, you know, what I can, can I get it reduced? Can I do this? Can I do that? You know, all these different things. But in the back of your mind, you're like, I know I'm guilty of this. I know I was speeding. I was caught red handed. I deserve what this is. But there's a part of me. I know this. I know this. I I totally know this. (laughs) You know, but there's a part of me that, you know, that, or not me in general, but the the, the proverbial person that says, if it's only going to cost me time of my day, you know, I'm going to go to the court, see if I can get the points reduced, and I'll pay a fine, you know? Without a doubt. You know? And, I mean, my thing in that scenario was, and maybe this is just a little more on the umpire side, part of me wonders, has that ever worked on an umpire? That's a good question. Has it ever worked? Yeah. I mean, it had to, maybe it has worked, and that's why it, it's done so frequently. It, it's, it's passed down through the annals of time. Yeah. That, you know. maybe, maybe, listen, yeah. and I guess if it's, if it's worked once, it's worth a shot. But so yeah, so that was, so that was the immediate aftermath of the game, right? And that was, and after that, I just I walked off, just get unchanged. It was a freezing April day. Take off the twelve layers I had on. Oh, only twelve? Yeah. Was, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah it, was, it was a great weather. Story. You know, I was gonna say it's people like you that keep Under Armour in business. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so, yeah. What? You have Their stock is going up. Uh, yeah, obviously because of this podcast, right? Yeah. Well, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um. Same question to both of you. I don't care who answers in what order. Was there anything that after, like we've talked, we just talked about what immediately happened after the game. Was there anything that you had to do to unwind or kind of like sit back and reflect on it? And, you know, anything specific that stands out in your mind where you're just like, you know, like maybe you're driving home and you're just like, oh my god, did that just happen? Or you get home and you look at yourself in the mirror and you go, what the hell was that? Were, were there any types of those moments or? Or, or, or thoughts or anything like that that kind of ran through your head? Yeah, I think so. I mean, like I said, during the game, I was kind of 
I was kind of bulletproof. Like I, I wasn't really. You're, you're fully on that aware. that aggression yeah. high. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're yeah. still um, in a, your your team is in a close game. Exactly. Two one. Yeah. And you got a pitcher who's throwing a gem out there. Yeah. Um. So then after the game, bit of relief that he was able to finish off the no hitter right. there. Um. And then, kind of on the on the bus ride home. You know, we were we were pleased that we that we beat him the second game. We were a little bit disappointed that we hadn't swept the doubleheader. Um, so the bus was was you know loud but not as loud as it could have been. Right. Um, and so then I was like, oh shoot! Like we play Lawrenceville tomorrow. Uh, we play Trenton on Tuesday. Like I'm going to be down for those games. Um, and so you know, I didn't know that the line thing wasn't automatic at the time. Right. Well, but not many people do. In fairness, yeah. in, too. In fair, you know? Unless pretty much. On um- umpiring or higher level coaching side, mm. you really don't know yeah. because, in and of itself, it's not the most malicious act. Right. Yeah. So, but then when I talked to Goldie, um, our assistant coach, who's also an umpire, right? Um, he kind of told me he's like, "Yeah, you're going to get banged for that every time." Yeah. Um, so I was like, "All right. Well, first of all, I won't do it again." Then. Um, That's and then, important. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then I kind of I kind of realized, and and you know, this is the kind of the healthy aggression adjustment, feeling it out that you're talking about earlier. Um, and I think that that was a, a big moment for me in the season, knowing that, okay, like, it got to a point where I was effective, but then I kind of crossed over into, um, you know, not being effective in the fact that I wasn't allowed to play the, the top of the seventh and then wasn't going to play the next two days. Um, so, yeah, a little bit of self-reflection there in terms of, all right, how am I going to, you know, treat these situations in the future? Because we had quite a few more that were very similar to that. Right, right. And and I th- and I think the other thing, too, is that, you know, you – you, you, you kind of talked about it a little bit of the, the in the, the bittersweet moment and whatnot. You know, you, you, you kind of put it in context of, you know, you know, I, I, I hurt the team and things like that. I mean, the, the NJSIA has the rule where three ejections in a sport, regardless of level, and you're you're disqualified from postseason play. So, you know, it, you know, you could have had two guys tossed from a JV game, and that would have counted towards that number. You know, so there's a, there's a lot of that that goes into it that you know it's kind of like the, the the not knowing that the line gets drawn is the is the automatic there you know mm-hmm. there's a lot a lot of stuff I, i'll even take a step back even more and and talk about how not a lot of people know that high school baseball has a significant different set of rules than regular baseball mm-hmm. you know i remember when i played high school baseball i never knew that that, that there were certain things that were different from what I was watching on TV. You know, we were talking about it before. In high school baseball, a balk is an de- is a immediate dead ball. But in every other form, it's a delayed dead ball. So if the kid hits a home run on a pitch where the pitcher balked, in every form of baseball, that home run stands, except in high school baseball. Now explain that to a coach and a player going through this healthy aggression, you know, they're in a zone and whatnot, and you as the umpire who is enforcing the proper rule has to, has to be the bad guy, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, I always, I've used it before with not that exact situation, whether it's weird high school rules. Or weird, I mean, I've used the line, don't shoot the messenger. I've used that line right, countless right. times. Yeah, I don't make the rules. I just yeah, enforce exactly. them. You know what it's like also is the um, the sunglasses rule or the... the, the well, that's, that's just New Jersey. You know, <laughs> or the, the being out in the open rule, you know, yeah. not behind a fence, you know, all that kind of stuff. The like, eye black, one straight oh, line my across. God. The, I mean, no they, war paint. Sometimes, oh, I'm glad I never got hit for that one. Yeah, oh. I mean, you know, maybe... Uh, don't don't tell Larry White this. I'm a little more relaxed with that than I should be. <laughs> I'm sure he's listening to this yeah, podcast sure, sure right Larry's. now. Okay, I've, I've I've actually invited him to be on the podcast. I've gotten really? no response. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think he has better things to do than to talk to me, uh, like most people in this world. 
you know. So, so I guess I'm stuck doing it. Yeah, so I don't know what the heck you're doing. Here. I don't know. You, know, you, know, you clearly don't have anything better to do. No. Um, so, 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 so he answered it. So, Bobby, what, same question to you about, you know, the, the immediate, not immediately after, but unwinding later that day and kind of like understanding it and, co- and comprehending it and accepting it and things like that. Was there anything that so stood I, out? I don't, I don't live locally in the area. I live right. in Monmouth County. So pretty much af- after, not pretty much, after every game, I have a 45-minute to an hour drive home. Right. Which I I use as like my kind of time to de-stress. Because usually when I'm, when I'm in the car, I'll be listening to, you know, I'll put on like a, a podcast, a podcast or something. Maybe How You Play the Game by yeah. the Osa Foundation. See what uh, I did there? No. That's a shameless plug. I'll leave now. <laughs> Yeah, I'll put I'll put on you know me you know, if there's nothing else on I'll put the, the <laughs> but well, I, there we go and but, there it is but I, I'll use it to I'll use that hour to sort of just go through the game run through some di- a couple of key situations things like that just kind of replay a couple things in my mind and so in that game in particular. I left. Me and Tony, we walked off the field. We walked off. To, we were parked next to each other. I'm, like I said, I'm getting un, getting undressed, you know, taking off the plate gear and all that stuff. And me and Tony had ju- had just started to sort of talk about it. And I see this this woman like clearly coming out of her way, visibly going. We parked near no one. There was no reason anyone should be passing our cars. Which, as umpires, Jack, you know, is what we like to do. I don't, I don't need to talk to people in the parking lot. Just and with the, the kind of car that I drive, people can see it too—a yeah. giant green box with a vanity plate. Yeah. You know. Yeah, exactly. So just you don't you don't need to talk to anyone in the parking lot after your game. Just take your stuff off, go home. But this woman clearly came out of her way to come talk to us. <laughs> and she had a Princeton High School sweatshirt on, so. In my head, I was thinking like, uh, like I might just leave the shin guards on and go get changed at Wawa. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in the mood for this. But I've been doing this for some time. The va- the vast majority of the time, they're not coming over to ask, you know, ask what I'm doing later tonight or tell me what a great job I did. Like they're they're usually there. To I, I'm sure that there are some women in your life that would kind of be feeling you know left out if they ask you what you're doing later tonight. You know? Yeah, exactly. I didn't mean it like that. That's but you know, but so, so she comes over and she tells me. Obviously, you know who this is, Paul. Yeah, it's my mom. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's Mrs. Cook. And she comes over. And she uh, she she asks she asks the question about like the uh, about what the penalty was. And I said, well, it's, unfortunately, this any disqualification is a two game suspension. That's right away. And then she says, you know, you know, like I'm very sorry. Like I didn't raise him to be. I'll keep it PG, a bad person. Jeez. Oh, you didn't know that one? No, I didn't know that one. (laughs) Oh, we're like the Jerry Springer show. Secrets are coming out. You know, I I didn't raise it to be that that one compound. This isn't isn't a reflection on on his mom, by the way. I'm just saying. (laughs) So she came came over, apologized, whatever, and then she asked me for a copy of her, like, my email address. I wrote it down, and I gave her, I think I gave her Notre Dame's lineup card for that day. And so after, so I couldn't really unwind then. So after, after your mom sort of walked away, me and Tony, we talked for about five, ten minutes because like we were in the far corner of the parking lot, no one was there. And then on the way home, like I was just kind of just, again, just sitting in the car, didn't even put anything on, just 
driving home. You're in that solitude silence. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's actually it's quite quite cone, peaceful. Cone of silence. Exactly. Yeah. It's quite peaceful. Just after a game, reflecting on what you did. And even, I mean, I reflected on that, but I was also, there were also other things during the game. You know? There was a lot during the game, yeah. Yeah, there was, it was one of those games where I could have driven for three hours. There was a lot to mm-hmm. think about, go back on, reflect on. It was high-intensity game, well-played game. You know, two schools, I don't know whether you didn't like each other that much before, but you guys were certainly... We weren't getting along yeah, very well. Yeah, we weren't well. getting along on that particular day. Maybe it was just everyone, you know, it was, everyone was a little, little cold, just a little mm-hmm. doubleheader. Everyone was seemed a little, little short that day. I don't, you know, that that raises a good question. I don't mean to go off on the tangent a little bit, but the, but we've been talking about this a lot. You know, when I was in high school, and I feel like I'm saying this like I'm the like the old geezer, which I clearly am out of the four of us. But you know, I feel like it wasn't that long ago that I graduated high school. There was never like that kind of animosity with another team. I mean, now maybe this was also because. We weren't as familiar with other teams, you know. We didn't go out scouting other teams. We didn't. We didn't have social media, so there was no Facebook or anything like that to, to, to do. I mean, we had AOL Instant Messenger, okay, and and that was, Sean. I think you 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 know those really good old days. Yeah, remember those days when you know you get the bling. Yep. You know, yeah. So and the door slamming. Yeah. Yeah. Sound oh effect. man. Oh, this takes me back. But anyway, <laughs> the, the the point being that I I just don't recall a lot of that. That, that animosity. Now, I guess the question is, does that just breed from this healthy aggression? Or is there something else at play that, that maybe needs to be examined? I think, I mean, Paul, jump in when I'm done. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think, I think it's just the state of youth sports as a whole mm-hmm. leading up to high school sports. Because, I mean, we were talking earlier. You know everyone, in, in basically everyone in the baseball community in the county. Yeah, in the definitely. CBC, and whether that comes from playing against each other at little league or summer ball levels, and also just because social media exacerbates it, but there's so much, there's so much more. Whether you're intertwined playing on the same teams against teams, you know, you could have a you could have a kid you didn't get along with in 12 year old little league districts. Now you're playing him in a high school game. You know it. You recognize him. It's the same kid. Yeah. So that same aggression is going to be there. Yeah, I mean, I think this year we saw kind of that type of animosity and that aggression in most of our games. It was kind of more news for us if we didn't kind of get in really? into it with yeah, the other team. Really? You guys were a scrappy team. That kind of, that, I think that breeds it a little bit. Yeah, so we kind of had that attitude from the beginning of the year that, like, you know, a lot of times, you know, we hadn't had a winning record in, you know, something like 17 years. Right. Um, so we came in, we're like, you know, we are going to have a winning record. We did by a lot. Um, and you know, we kind of just, we're not going to take no for an answer. So I think for us, it depended kind of game to game. The Notre Dame game definitely had, you know, part of it was that we had been playing them for 14 innings. Um, but then part of it was because from the beginning, like there had just kind of been, their bench was loud. Our bench was loud and it carried over onto the field, um, to the point where like, you know, guys are saying things to each other when they're in the box or, you know, like when they're on base and stuff like that. But, you know, I've, I've definitely seen an uptick in that my freshman year that wasn't as prevalent right um whereas this year not only in our games but you know in talking to my friends that play for different schools um they had experienced that too and and it is the fact that i've been playing against some of these kids since the time i was you know nine ten years old um and it's not necessarily that you don't like them um but it's that you know them and so familiarity just breeds contempt so so when, when when they do something that upsets you you know i've been seeing them 
for, you know, eight, nine years. And now I'm going to kind of say something back to him. And right. then it, it, it sparks from there. Um, and when, when you're close as a team, and I think there were a lot of teams that were really close this year um, as a unit in the CVC, then everyone kind of jumps on. Um, and it, it, that's where you get that kind of animosity. Uh, do, you, do we think that something has to be done about that? Or maybe is there just a shift in perspective that, that we need with that? Because, I mean, in a vacuum, I look at that and it, it breaks my heart a little bit. But I also understand the, the dynamic of the team and how this kind of stuff kind of you know, occurs a little bit. I mean, does it just fall under the same category of you can do this stuff on the field and then as soon as the game's over, we're all buds again? I mean, I think, maybe, I think to some extent, I, I like those, ga those games. When, it's, when there's that healthy aggression is what we're going to be calling it. When there's that healthy aggression out there, I love it. Because there's nothing more boring than calling a baseball game, Jack, where the two teams don't want to be there. Right. If I have two teams that don't want to be there, why do I? Why should I want it? Right. Why should right. I want to be it? When there's, when there's that healthy aggression. Now again, it's a it's a fine line, between healthy aggression, and you know trash talking, baiting, berating. Right. 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 Yeah. yeah. That whole, you know, but when you get that healthy aggression, that in and of itself, I think is a good thing, within the context that, we're all lining up and shaking hands at the end of the game. Right. Right. And I think you, you, you raise a great point there in that there's a difference between this, this, this boisterous nature and actually saying something that falls under the categories of what we talk about in the sportsmanship statement that, yes. that we read, where you're really like saying something to a kid on the other team that is inappropriate. You know, like, like if you're behind the plate and a batter says to a catcher something about how bad his team is or something like that, you really got to, you know, and I'm being PG when I say yes. this, you know, yeah. you really got to step in and say, guys, we need to not act like children right now, you know? Yeah. But, but if you're just going to be boisterous and, like, like cheer your team on, there's absolutely nothing wrong with cheering for your team That's when you're not cheering against another team, you know? Exactly. And you, you're right in that it's such a fine line. There's, there's, you know, it's very much like the strike zone. There, I, I don't know if I can define it, but I know it when I see it. Yeah. You know, it's that, it's that old mm. argument mm. From, from the Supreme Court justice in the, in the 20th century when he had to define hardcore pornography. You know, he, you know, he basically said, you know, I can't define it exactly, but I know it when I see it. And that's kind of the same thing here. Mm. You know, I'm not, I'm not endorsing hardcore pornography or anything. I'm just trying to quote history. Okay? What, is, what is the sportsmanship? Um, so I, we, have to read, we have to read a statement. For all New Jersey certified officials have to read the statement before. For all sports. For all sports, all levels. It's the and same. It's the same thing. Same thing in New Jersey. Do you, do you know it by I, memory? I know it by Say memory. Say it by memory. because heard, yes. yes, I know it by memory. There will be no tolerance for negative statements or actions between opposing players and coaches. This includes taunting, baiting, berating opponents, trash-talking or actions which ridicule or cause embarrassment to them, any verbal, written, or physical conduct related to race, gender, ethnicity, disability, sexual orientation, or religion shall not be tolerated, could subject the violator to ejection, and may result in penalties being assessed against your team. If such comments are heard, a penalty will be assessed immediately. We've been instructed not to issue warnings. It is your responsibility to remind your team of this policy. 
That, oh yeah, there's no there's no reason to I applaud see. that. I'm just going to go home and cry. No, okay, it's, 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 it's not something. Yeah. Yeah. Paul's looking at me like I'm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I mean I've I've heard it now for the we, past yeah, two you, years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you've, heard it for, you've heard it being at plate meetings for how long now? Yeah. Well, so you have I've to you have it. to have the head coach and at least and one no player. The sport, no matter no the sport. No matter the sport. No matter the level. It's the head coach and at least one player representative, a captain or whomever, to be there because the idea being that when the player hears it, it's then his job to then go back to the team and say, guys, there's no tolerance for this stuff. Which, you know. I, I mean, I highly doubt happens. No. <laughs> but, I mean, everybody hears it, so, yeah, we've you know. Heard, we've all heard it. We it's all just, get it. But it almost... It's I a mean, legal way of saying, hey, follow the golden rule so we don't get sued. It you know? Yeah, and not to knock the NJSIA, but when you hear it so, when you hear, when you hear it so often, I, if I ever look up during the play meeting, nobody's listening. No, they're all... T- nobody's yeah. listening. You know, is this only for the state? Their cleats, who's, you know, New, just for New Jersey? New or? Jersey, some states have, have adopted it in some part. Like, I know Pennsylvania has one that's very similar. An abbreviated version yeah. of it that's a little exactly. more golden rule a lot, a lot of this has to do also with legality. You know, you, you, we have to say this so that, you know, God forbid we're ever put on the stand in a, in a, in a lawsuit where... You know, a, a lawyer is going to ask us. Well, at the at the pregame conference, did you tell everybody that there was going to be no tolerance for this stuff? You know, you have to say yes, I did. I followed this procedure, and that kind of you know clears you as mm. an official from any liability. You know, and the insurance companies then love that. You know, mm-hmm. so it's 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 a little little kooky, shall we say? Mm. You know, um, okay. So I want let's you know to to move it along a little bit. Let's jump into. I think something you know, probably the, the the climax here that I think really needs to be highlighted, and what, what what we're here to highlight and celebrate. Paul, talk to me about what led you to apologize to Bobby. Like, what went into the decision, the composition, the feeling, and whatnot that said, "I, you know, I gotta, I gotta do something about this." Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I didn't originally know that it was kind of an eject an ejecting offense, but then when I talked to my assistant coach. Um, he told me it was, and I was aware of that. And then the next day, um, head coach, Coach Roberts, called me and was like, listen, like that was, that was uncalled for. Um, like, can't have that because now you're out for two games. Like, that's, you know, you can't be having you sit down for two games. So I was like, yeah, okay, I understand that. Um, my mom and my dad were also pretty annoyed. Um, so I talked with them, but then they went out to a dinner that night. Um, and then I, I kind of just... At that point, I was like, "All right, well, you know, I made a mistake. I make mistakes, um, as we all we do, all do. Yeah. you know." Um, so I, I can, I'm going to learn from it. Um, I'm not going to let it kind of define the season. Um, so the best way for me to do that was just to kind of move on from it and rid myself of it. Um, but then at the same time, acknowledge the fact that I had done something that was uncalled for. Um, so since my mom had had gotten um, the email address for me, I was then able to to kind of draft that and send it off that night. Um, which I think helped me, in a sense, um, kind of grow from that experience and not... Because, you know, a lot of times, you know, when I went back to school on Monday, everyone was kind of, like, asking me about it. People were yelling, like, oh, free free Paul, free PC <laughs> in the hallway. Um, <laughs> like, you know, that kind of thing. They didn't realize um, that this was a, a remake of Ferris Bueller and Save Ferris, for crying out loud. But okay. I also, I also think, not to interrupt, I also think to maybe to the non-baseball mind, when they hear you got thrown out of the game... They probably imagine you went Lupinella on me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, like when you know that kind of, that was kind of the environment when I got back to school. I was getting 
you know, kind of a lot of like support. Um, not that you know, I really needed support at that point. But well, I mean, like, you could have you could have just you know run with it, like, oh, look at all these girls that are supporting <laughs> you. you know, so. um, yeah, no, but so with that kind of environment, it would it, it would have been easy to just kind of you know agree and be like, yeah, like I didn't get you know deserve this, like screw that, like when can I come back? But I realized that you know I had done some, something that was wrong, so I wanted to learn from it myself, but I also wanted my team to be able to grow from it. Um, so writing writing that email was a, was, an, was a nice way for me to move on um, and also kind of let Bobby know that I didn't mean to disrespect him in any way um, and that you know I respected the job that he was doing as an umpire. That, I, it's 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 interesting that you bring that up because you basically exercised a demon. You know, you 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 released it by by doing that, and I think that a lot of people hold on to that because they don't know how to react to that, and it's 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 a very mature and 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 wise thing to realize something that i think we can all be in admiration that you can come to that conclusion at your age i mean there there are guys at my age who don't understand that and and guys well beyond me who don't understand that and it it you know it's it's it it's such a an amazing thing that you can that you can do that and and i just wish we had Guys like that who, you know, all over the CVC, regardless of sport, gender, everything, just who, who, who have the ability to say, let's, let's take something bad and, and turn it into something good. It's not, not to uh, be preachy about it, but it almost has like a, like, like a Christian overtone in that, you know, you're taking the, you know, a, a solemn event and, and turning it into this joyous occasion and and to me that that speaks volumes about your character and 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 your maturity and it's just i i'm in awe of of that now bobby when when you got this how did you react so i was actually funny enough i was actually at yankee stadium when i got the email oh so you were in heaven when it happened (laughs) i was i was at the yankee game that night i got the email i saw it like it was like 10 minutes of first pitch and I kind of I said to myself like you know like like I'll no, no disrespect Paul I'll deal with this tomorrow like I want because I want I want to actually give I want to give it the time it deserves like I didn't just want to hit reply and say okay and then say, yeah. cool bro yeah. Yeah. cool story yeah, bro yeah, thanks, thanks, uh, thanks fam yeah. <laughs> I wanted to actually give it you know give it the attention it deserved and like craft a reply that made it seem like you know I'm a functioning adult and not just. <laughs> A kid at the Yankee. Game. I don't know, man. I know I've known you for a little <laughs> bit. I'll lie. So the next, so the next morning, which was was a Saturday morning, I opened it. I opened it up. I read it, and it kind of. And I appreciate it because what I appreciated the most about it was just we, we don't see it. We we don't. Right. There's there's no two ways about it. We don't see it. We deal with we deal with people like I was saying earlier when you know Paul's mom said to us in the parking lot. People often tell us what they think of the job we did post game. Right. Rarely, if ever, is it positive. Right. Yeah, you you don't get you don't nobody goes out of their way to tell the umpires they did a great job out of the game. They go out of their way to tell you, well, you sucked. You kicked this call at third. You did Mm -hmm. that. You did this. So just just seeing the fact that he acknowledged and respected the fact respected the job that we do and respected that because that's all we want. I just. I don't need everyone to agree with every call I have. I, I can have no problem agreeing to disagree with a coach, a player, whoever. But just as long as there's some mutual respect there, and that's what was so evident in the email, was that there was a level of respect there 
that he does really appreciate the job that we do. What do you think both athletes and officials can learn from this? I mean, I know that's a broad statement. You know, I kind of, it's, it's kind of like just casting the net out. But is there something specific, like an ultimate message, you know, like, 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 a, like a tagline or, or anything from this type of a scenario that – like, if you were to leave people with one message from this type of incident, what, you know, for, for officials or for athletes, what would, you, what, would, what would you want them to walk away with if it was just one small thing, for example? Anything, anything pop into your mind? Yeah, I mean, from the athlete perspective, you know, it's really easy for us, you know, when we get in that zone. Um, and if we do something stupid, if, if we cross that, you know, if we cross the line into, into being disrespectful during a game, it, it, it kind of does happen um, and it's easy afterwards to deny that or to um, kind of say that it was warranted but what I think makes you you know and, and sometimes some people will say that apologizing for your mistake recognizing your mistake is kind of like a, like a weakness thing um, I disagree with that I think that being able to recognize when you've messed up um, can actually only make you a better competitor um, in the future, because like I said, you, you learn and you grow from it. But then um, you also establish the fact that you have respect for um, the officials in, in whatever sport it is. Um, the fact that they're out there with you, you know, calling your game um, when they've got a million other things that they could be doing. I think that taking the responsibility as an athlete when you when you mess up can really help you. It helped me, I think, for the rest of the season um, in terms of moving on from that incident and then doing a lot of other great things. Um, so for any athlete, I think what, what, what I would say to take away is that, you know, if you make a mistake, acknowledge it and move on from it. Because in the end, it's going to work out a lot better for you than just letting it fester or even worse, um, kind of like glorifying it and, and being like, yeah, well, you know, look at me. I'm the bad boy of the CBC. Well, I mean, it was obviously evident in your statistics, too. I mean, I mean, if that if that wasn't evidence enough, I mean, if you're hitting 415 as a, you know, in a career average for crying out loud in the season that both you as an individual and your team had. I mean, that's the proof in the pudding right there is that, you, you know, you, you guys achieved so much more this season than, like you said, the, that Princeton High had done in more than a decade. So, I mean, it's... Uh, you guys out-achieved everyone. No, I mean, nobody... You guys went on a run this year yeah. that, I, I'm not, to be frank, I'm not sure a lot of people outside of... Princeton High School would have called, and that's I mean, uh, that's yeah. a tremendous credit you, you, to you, you guys were, and your coaching staff. You were one game away from the the county final, yeah. is that right? I mean, that's yeah. that's insane, especially when you look at the teams that were in the the county uh, yeah. semis. Uh, you know, I I really think from from doing, you know, I think I had two of your games this year, one of which was the preliminary round of the county tournament. You could just sense coming from the the bench in general, just just a vibe of. I think this team gets it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think this team understands how not just the game works, but life works. And that's that's not a lot of that's not something. Even if even if there are high school teams that may understand it, I think a lot of kids suppress that, whether they want to or not. Whether they're scared to say it because of a coach or something like that, or they're confused by it because of adolescence, they don't know how to how to properly express it. You know, to, to have a group of kids who just just exert that is, is something really special and, and real, you know, to jump, something that should be celebrated along with all these other things that we're trying to celebrate. Um, I mean, I, and I guess that kind of answers the next question, too, in that not just athletes and officials, but your teammates, other coaches, parents, fans, it's all the same thing. 
you know, it, it, I, we, I mean, not, and, and I think, you know, you and I talk about this, the media can learn from this too. Yep. You know, we see it all the time on telecasts or broadcasts of, 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 of any professional sports event where, you know, bashing an official is like second nature when in reality, it's, it's you know, there more goes into it. Than, it's like than you that. were telling me about Paul O'Neill egging on the umpires. Right. And sort of fueling the, the fan base against against the umpires. Right. Right. And that doesn't that's not helping anyone. No. No. <laughs> it, yeah. So, and, and 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 I mean I was watching it. I think I, I mean yeah, I think I was w- listening to the Mets game yesterday. Same mm-hmm. exact thing was happening, you know. Home plate umpire had a, a little bit of an inconsistent zone for whatever reason. I mean, it could have been catcher's reception of pitches were terrible. Maybe he was having a bad day. Maybe he had food poisoning. Maybe someone said something to him. I don't know. I don't know. You know, just <laughs> it could have been anything. But we we as other people have to take a step back and say, okay, maybe he's having a bad day. You know, fine. It happens. It happens, you know? And I think to go along with that, look, we have a lot of bad games on the plate. I don't want sympathy. I just want you to understand the realness behind it. Right. The fact that, listen, I didn't miss that pitch because I really don't like you and I want your team to lose. I missed the pitch because I'm having a rough day. Yeah. As much as you wouldn't yell, as much as you, as much as you wouldn't yell at your kid who's trying hard, who makes an error, show me that same respect. Right. Because we as officials are, as we always say, expected to start perfect and, and get, better, and from get better from there, which I don't know about you guys. Pretty sure that's impossible. Yeah. Um, here's a tough one. How would you guys respond to people who, who think that what happened here is unnecessary or inappropriate? I mean, is there a way that we can change the general mindset of people or what, or however we want to put, do it just to, to prove that humanity is more important than competition? I mean, we're gonna, something that happened recently, and we'll get into it in a later episode. I don't know if you guys saw the, the, the game, the state high school game. I think it was in Texas where the pitcher struck out the batter uh, who who was a friend of his, and went to console him instead of celebrate. And and then uh, like the people that I heard who said that this oh was, the internet this, erupted. Uh, and I saw it on I saw I saw it on, on the MLB network for crying mm-hmm. out loud. Chris Russo and Bruce Shine on High Heat were like sick to their stomach over over it. And I was like, when will you guys realize that competition doesn't doesn't come anywhere close to the fact that we're all in this human race together. And also, I mean, I think some perspective is needed there. It wasn't. It wasn't the Yankees, Red Sox, and the ALCS. Right. Yeah. Right. It was. It was a high school game, and like we said, going back to where that animosity comes, everyone knows each other. Yeah. Whether it's on a friendship level, which obviously this was, or just on a familiarity level, when you're in the when you're in these high schools, especially, I mean, take, you, like you said, Paul, you know everyone in the CBC, mm-hmm. one way or another, you know everyone. Yeah. It's just it's that familiarity that's there. And I, I, th- I thought it was great. I mean, I, without getting maybe like sappy, I thought it was it was a really cool moment. Yeah, I didn't see anything wrong with it. I mean, like likewise, I'll qualify. I wouldn't have seen anything wrong if he joined in the dog pile of whatever championship they won. I wouldn't have said that was wrong in and of itself either. But I think the fact that he went to go console his friend shows an aspect that goes beyond the game. Right, right. So, 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 is there anything that we can do? Other than just lead by example, 
You know, because sportsmanship is, is such a weird topic with that because we, always, we, we preach in the industry that the people who need the lessons on it the most are the ones that are not going to listen. So, unfortunately, the only thing that we can really do is empower those who will. You know, it's, you, 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 you try and preach to these people who are terrible sports that they need to change, and they're just not listening at all. So, so is there a way to, to reach these people? I mean, if I were to poll 100 people on the street and tell them what Paul did to apologize to Bobby, are 100 people going to say that's great? And if not, is there a way to get that to 100 people? Is there, any, is there even an answer to that? You know? I mean, I think that, like, in any type of situation like that, you know, there's always going to be the person that's kind of hard-nosed old school that's going to say, right. oh, like, you know, tough it out, like, fight your battles. And, and there's definitely a place for that. Um, not, not necessarily, like, it, in this kind of setting. Right. Um, because ultimately, that approach is going to kind of burn more bridges than it builds. Right. Um, so, yeah, there's always going to be people that are going to say that and that are going to believe that. And to an extent, you have to kind of ignore them. Um, you know, because they're not going to, like, it's like you said, they're not going to listen. They don't realize right, right. Um, kind of the way that they act and uh, how it's sometimes destructive. But I think that, you know, for some of those people that maybe have a little bit of introspection, um, a little bit of ability to do that, to reflect, um, maybe they at some point realize, like, hey, I have no perspective whatsoever on this issue or that issue, and then potentially can readjust their behavior um, to make it more appropriate for whatever setting they're in. Right, right. I guess I'll, I'll leave it with this, because we, we've, we've gone on long enough, and, and I'm already sensing that I'm going to get an email from Paul's parents for keeping him out as late as late as I, you know, it's a good thing you're graduating this week, you know. Yeah, I so, don't have much to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, you're not. You're not busting it real hard. Last week, you seen Yeah, year. yeah. <laughs> no, not necessarily. <laughs> what else is there? Anything else that we can do to to highlight and celebrate this? I mean, this this is the the epitome of good sportsmanship. We have taken something you know that 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 has a rough connotation and turned it into this this i mean again it sounds kind of sappy but this this magical thing this thing that that shows that there is still good in humanity what else can we do to to highlight this other than basically you know kneeling down and hailing paul you know because i don't know if my back will will allow that or my knees you wouldn't believe this, but I'm a six foot three catcher, and my knees hate me right now. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> I, I think maybe this is just geared a little bit more towards officials because I mean, that's the perspective I have. Right. I think from an official's perspective, Jack, we've all we've all sat in you know places much like this. We've all sat at the bar, told war stories about yeah this coach, what about this coach, what about this coach? Right, right. And we've complained and we've called them you know. We've probably called them worse names than they've called us on the field behind closed doors. can only imagine. Behind if you doors. heard what we were talking about before we even hit the record <laughs> button, okay? But they're not all bad. They're not all bad. Yeah. Really. There are people behind this game. There are people on every level. Like, you know, we, we were saying, us and Paul, we were talking earlier, you know, these, coach, these coaches are doing – these coaches – nobody's getting rich off high school baseball. Right. We're, I mean, how, most umpires are leaving early from work to go get – Eighty-three dollars tops 
for, in essence, three hours of work. Nobody's doing it because they're making a living. The coach, you know, the coaches, none of them are getting rich off of it either. They're doing it because they love the game and they want to promote the kids. And the kids are doing it purely for a love of the game. Right. And that competitive nature of trying to reach the next level and trying to be the best that they could. If everyone would just recognize that there are people behind this game and that at the end of the day, everybody's going to go home and everybody's going to live their life and, and nobody, and, Life will continue no matter what happens in this game. It sounds like a pipe dream, but no, but, but you're listen, you're right. And I don't want to downplay it because I love when I love when I I'm not saying the game doesn't matter. I'm not saying that. Be as competitive as you want, but just maybe perspective is the wrong word, but maybe just some level of realism as to where right. this high school baseball game in Mercer County falls in the big picture of everything. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. What say you, Mr. Man of the Hour? <laughs> um, yeah, again, from an athlete's perspective, um, the way I kind of tried to approach it throughout the rest of the season is, you know, when I got the uh, the incessant line drawing jokes, I just kind of <laughs> accepted. We were, we were good to roll with those a little bit. But um, but generally, you know, that wasn't the – you know, that, that was really early in the season, and we had a bunch of other games where guys were not necessarily pleased with – some of the calls or um, had gripes with the strike zone. Which happens over the course of a season. It's yes. something unusual. Yeah. Um, so my approach to that for the rest of the year was just, listen, we can't control that. Um, it is what it is. And I think for, for players in any sport, like you can't control – You need the, in baseball especially, but really in any sport, you can't control most things. So you have to control what you can control personally right. um, and contribute what you can contribute to the team, that idea of kind of doing your job. Um, so for the rest of the year, whenever there was any question about whether or not my teammates or my coaches were not pleased with, with calls or with the strike zone throughout the, the course of a day, I'd kind of focus myself and try to lead by example and maybe even tell some of my guys, like, listen, we got to, we got to, you know, that doesn't matter. It's not going to change. Um, you getting punched out two innings ago on a pitch that you thought was high they're not going to go back and unpunch you out and give you a walk. Um, but what you can do is in, in your next step at this inning, when there's men on second and third, you can control what you can control and, and, and hit a pitch that you can drive. Because the reality is if you're still thinking about that previous at bat, the odds are that you're not going to, you're not going to perform to the best of your ability um, the next time up. So I think as a player focusing on controlling what you can control um, and hoping that that spreads to the rest of your teammates, leading by example, is, is the best approach. You just described the almost the exact same thing that I had to describe to my adult league team last week. I had a situation where I had I, I, I had a runner runner at I think it was first and second, and I went to to lay down a sacrifice bunt. Pitch comes inside and it hits my jersey, and the the home plate umpire didn't see it and he actually called it foul. He thought it hit the bat. And I'm like, and I, and I turned to him and I said, Rich, that, that hit my jersey, man. That didn't hit the bat. And he kind of just looked at me like, you know, you, you kind of see someone's eyes when you're like, you know that they made a mistake, but they're not sure what to do about it. So I said, you know, knowing umpire mechanics, I said, can you check with Joe, your partner? And so he checked and unfortunately the call stood. They, they didn't overturn it. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, you know, but, but you're, what you just said is the is what happened and i said okay and i got back in the box and i ended up working a walk and i said to my team i said when you focus on the bad 
this bad stuff's going to happen. You know, when a, when a marathon runner is running a marathon and he trips over something on, in the ground, he doesn't stop and look at the spot where he tripped and starts yelling at the spot, crying, you know, pointing out all the things that the spot did wrong to make him trip and whatnot. No, he gets up and he says, I got to finish this race. And that's the same exact thing here. You know, you can't, you can't stop and look at things that you can't control. You just worry about, it's not even worrying so much as you just take care of the things that you can. And I think that's a, a good place to kind of put a bow on this whole thing, unless, Sean, you were looking at me like you have a thought. You're missing a Home Alone 2 reference. Oh, my God. What am I, I got I to make a Home Alone 2 reference. Kevin? Does that work? Great. Okay. <laughs> uh, to all our listeners out there, thank you so much for joining us. Remember that you can, you can uh, join in the, in the conversation. Email us at podcast at osipfoundation.org to keep the conversation going. Go to facebook.com slash osipfoundation and comment. On Twitter, the handle is at osipfoundation with the hashtag how you play the game. We want to hear from you. We want you to be a part of this conversation. Paul, Bobby, I can't thank you enough for being here. Thanks for being out so late as Thank well you it's Thank it's you. it's no you know it's it's half past beer o'clock for me i can tell you that much um i'm sure they want us to get out as well so yeah yeah okay yep so guys thank you good luck at swarthmore yeah okay luck, yeah try try not to hurt yourself uh watch out for straight lines okay <laughs> and bobby i'll see you soon when yeah. we're on the field yeah. together <laughs> so, so uh sean and thank you thank you <laughs> so been great it's been fantastic so everyone out there thanks again we'll see you in a couple of weeks and uh, treat everyone with respect how you play the game is a production of the osip foundation incorporated the producer engineer of this episode is sean ryan music by soundspring studio the executive producer of how you play the game is jack furlong for more information visit osipfoundation.org If you're interested in advertising on how you play the game, please email us at podcast at osipfoundation.org.